Well, I hope I can make it through the message this morning. Almost lost my voice singing. It is such a privilege to gather together this morning and worship our God together. If you would, find Daniel chapter 6 in your Bible. Daniel chapter 6, we are in the final part of a series that we are calling Radical Devotion. And so if you're a guest this morning or maybe you've missed a few weeks due to vacation and you didn't catch up online, I just want to let you know where we've been rather quickly so you can track with us this morning and know where we've been and where we're going and uh, looking forward to finishing up this series this morning, looking forward to next week as well as we kick off a brand new series. But in week one of this series called Radical Devotion, we, we learned that, that radical devotion results in total surrender. And that begins with a commitment to our faith. And so we challenged you, and, and I was challenged to remember that, that faithfulness is going to be tested if you are radically devoted to your God. And that is exactly what Daniel and his three friends experienced in, in Daniel chapter 1. And, and we learned that, that if you are radically devoted to your faith, if you are surrendered to God and His Word and His Spirit's leading in your life, you will have a chance to prove it. That there will come an opportunity where that test of your faith is going to happen. And then we learned that radical devotion is a guarantee for future blessing. That God comes through, He does His work because He's the only one that can truly do the work that we need to see happen. And He comes through. But it is a result of total surrender. In part two, we learned that when the need arises, we have to be willing to demonstrate our devotion because the demands from this evil world are all around us. Everywhere we look, we see evil, we see wicked, wickedness happening, and it's, it's, it's everywhere. And so we, we were challenged to consider our readiness for the demands from this evil world. Are we ready for the demands that this wicked world will place on us from time to time. But radical devotion enables us to stand firm. When we are radically devoted and committed to our faith, to the God of the Bible, we are enabled then to stand firm, and radical devotion never compromises, and radical devotion infuriates God's enemy. It infuriates Satan, it infuriates wicked people who are all around us, but radical devotion trusts that God will always be with us. Because He's always with us. And so that's where we've been during this series. And this morning I want you to consider this question as we start our time this morning. But was there ever a time when you knew you were in someone's or something's crosshairs? I mean, just think about that for a minute. Have you felt that? Have you experienced that? Has that happened in your lifetime? And I think we all would say that, that this has happened at some point, more than likely. And maybe it's, maybe it's not a spiritual thing. Maybe you like to do things outdoors, and you were like an animal situation. You're camping. You'll never catch me camping unless there's a hotel close by. And so we had some friends, we were talking about this the other day, we had a tent, we ended up giving it away, and, and so we were talking about it, and, and we're, don't you want that? And I was like, no. Well, don't you want to experience those fun memories with your kids? No. <laughs> I will camp, I will do campfires, I will do outdoor things, but about 10 p.m. I'm looking for a really nice bed and some air conditioning. But maybe you're camping, and you have, an, you have something that tries to, to put you in their crosshairs like a bear 
or something. Like I've heard some stories from some of you who have camped in, in Tennessee in different areas, and you had a lovely conversation with a bear in the middle of the night. Um, my kids have been fascinated over the years with that, that show called Something Bit Me. Have you all seen that? Has anyone seen that? It's, it's kind of cool. But scary. I've never been worried about a mountain lion attacking me while I'm riding my bicycle until watching that show. And so, you know, those are some things, you know, but, uh, you know, I've never been concerned about those things. Uh, but there's, there's stories of animal, animals targeting people. It's pretty terrifying. Or maybe you've seen, like, a human target. Uh, at work, someone wants your job. Like, they think they can do it better and they will do anything within their power to make sure that you are removed and eliminated, and that's something that happens. Maybe, it's, maybe you're a student, college student, maybe you like athletics, and you've experienced this on your team, where somebody else on the team wants your position. And so they will do anything, and they will stop at nothing to get that position. Or maybe you're in a friendship or a relationship that makes someone else jealous. So they lie about you. To get you out of the picture And one thing is, is sure That you have been Or you will be a target Of someone or for someone At some point in this life Sometimes for human reasons And sometimes for spiritual reasons And that's exactly what we see happening In our text today Now if you're there in Daniel 6 We're going to get to our text in just a moment But most scholars agree. Now, if you, if you know some of the historical timelines that are taking place in Daniel, there's roughly six to seven decades represented in the first six chapters of Daniel. And most Bible scholars would agree that Daniel is roughly around 80 years old at the time of these events in Daniel chapter 6. These, the events that we talked about last week from chapter 2, where Daniel, uh, he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream those things are, are still playing out for the, the people of Babylon. And uh, Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son, he is, he is killed, but he's killed due to his pride and his dishonoring of Yahweh. And the dream that we covered last week is starting to come true. That there have been, there have been four, there were, there was prophesied there'd be four kingdoms that would rise up against Babylon. Three of them were weaker, Babylon would destroy, but now the fourth kingdom has has risen up, and that is where we find ourselves this morning. King Darius is now in charge, and Belshazzar is out of the picture, and Daniel's doing good work, and it gains the popularity of the, the king. It bothers the high officials, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. So that's where we begin this morning. So in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, we'll begin together. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account, so the king might suffer no loss. Now, a little bit of history before we move on through the text here. Darius knew, or he suspected, that there were some leaders, some government officials in his, under his care and leadership that were, that were abusing their power. They were stealing from him. Uh, they were abusing their authority. And he couldn't oversee everything and everyone, so he started setting up a system. And it, it, was, a, it was a challenge, but it seems that he, he was trying to get to the bottom of some of these issues that were taking place. Darius was a smart king. He knew his limitations. You see this principle play out even with Moses 
where Moses set up leaders to help him navigate all of the things that come his way. But this prudent king, he sets up a system with three high officials, a team of leaders who would help him uh, provide oversight. They would provide accountability and growth, and you name it, that's what these guys were in place to do. Now, some theologians believe that Daniel is heading into his retirement years about this time. And, but Daniel had a reputation, though, for being a really wise and honest man. And so the king plans to eventually make him the one who's in charge of all. Verse, or verse 3 here, it says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. I think you should underline that. That has nothing to do really with the message today, but, but how many times is that evident in us? That there is an excellent spirit about us. And the king planned to set him, Daniel, over the whole kingdom. On top of Daniel's good character, this could be a result of his work ethic as well. He was a hard worker. He had good character. Daniel had a reputation for honoring God above all things. If you remember Daniel chapter 1 and the king's food... He really cared about his character and his connection to God. It seems backward from our perspective, though, as we look at some of these stories. But when we have a reputation that honors God, we often have problems. That when you make that decision to submit to God, to be committed to your faith, you will more than likely have problems. You are probably going to have issues. And this is a storyline for Daniel and his three friends all throughout these first six chapters. Verse 4. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. So circle that word. Because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. You see, radical devotion draws the attention of critics. It always will. It always has. Radical devotion will draw the attention of our critics. And it, and it results in things like, like even slander, uh, scheming, and criticism from those who are against us. It happens all the time. And it seems and it sometimes feels unfair. And I think God understands those feelings. He understands that, that there are challenges and there are issues. But word gets out that Daniel, uh, that, 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 that there's a plan to make Daniel the head honcho. And this doesn't sit well with the other leaders. Jealousy may kick in. There's a loss of control. There is... Maybe some envy. Maybe it's only for financial reasons. Uh, I don't know, but, but with a person of character in place, one thing is certain. Their plans are now going to be thwarted. And they knew that this was going to be an issue. A good guy can't be bribed into following their plan. A guy of godly character, a man or a woman of godly character, cannot be bribed or bullied into living a corrupt lifestyle. And so some theologians believe that they didn't like the fact that, that he was an older man either. And that created issues. And a man of Israel to boot was another issue. Like this was, he was from the tribe of Judah. He was a person from, from their enemy and that was a challenge. And so they didn't need anyone checking on them or their works. Oversight meant they didn't have free reign needed to fulfill their plans. Verse 5. 
Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it can be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. <laughs> so radical devotion provides a target. Radical devotion provides a target. Daniel has the best character. He's, he's overshadowing these other leaders, and they, 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 seem to, they seem then to really be frustrated by that, so they develop a plan to eliminate him. They scheme. How many of you have ever been on the other side of somebody else scheming to remove you from the picture? They couldn't tempt him to sin. He wasn't bribable. They, they have no dirt on him. They can find absolutely nothing to throw at the king and say, this, this Daniel needs to be removed for this reason. They can only find fault in his commitment and submission to his God, to his faith. You see, they were pagans, and Daniel was committed to Yahweh. He prayed three times a day in his window toward Jerusalem, as was their custom. And these critics knew it. They knew it. Now they finally had something that they could stop him with. And these critics of Daniel, they put together a plan. Get the king to make an order to not allow prayer or any type of, type of visible commitment to any other god or any other man. So 122 leaders host a secret meeting... In the throne room, this kind of triggers me a little bit there, in a throne room, and that pulls a big punch, obviously, for the king. Note, this meeting with the king was without the key leader, who was Daniel. So maybe Darius gives in to the pressure. Maybe, because if you read the story, and we're going to read it in just a minute, it really didn't settle well with King Darius. So they manipulate and they scheme, they provide a plan, and the king ends up signing an ordinance, and the critics wait for their moment. They knew their moment was going to come because Daniel is committed to his faith. And so verse 10 continues, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem, and he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. It's important to note those types of words and sentences when you read these stories. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Radical devotion takes courage. It will draw the attention of your critics. It's going to provide a target, and then it's going to take courage to then stand firm in what you know to be true and believe. You see, Daniel was following the pattern that we read about in Psalm chapter 55, where they would pray in the morning and at noon and in the evening. 
Notice it said he continued to pray just as he had been doing. I love this because it shows his grit and courage not to change a single thing about how he practiced his faith, no matter what was going on in the culture around him. He also didn't start something up. He just didn't stir the pot either. He was resolute. He was determined. And he knew what this was really all about. Daniel already had a steady habit of spiritual disciplines, as should be the goal of every believer who's following God and our Savior. But that on its own takes courage. It takes courage to have spiritual disciplines in this culture because there's so many things that that are trying to distract us outside of just wickedness and the evil that's all around us. We have our busy calendars that are are a challenge and they, they disrupt spiritual disciplines so often. There's outside expectations. There's, there's issues where we get into these ruts where we habitually skip church for unnecessary reasons or we have a fear of rejection of praying in public or even reading our Bibles in public or whatever it may be, but it takes courage to stay committed, to be radically devoted to our faith and its practices, the ones that, that we read about in Scripture. So I'm sure he could have come up with an excuse I'm sure Daniel could have decided, like I do so often, I I make excuses all the time for why I, I, I kind of shrink back and hide and don't stand firm. We asked the same thing a couple weeks ago about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If they would have hid, or if they would have just bowed down, would God have understood? I guess he could have hid with the window closed for a month. Could have done that. But I think Daniel knew what we all knew to be true. That either way, something was going to go down. Either way, these guys were going to get what they wanted. He feared no one but his God, and he would be found faithful no matter what. Maybe he had in mind the words from Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, where it says, The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Or maybe it was Psalm 27, 1, where it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Verse 12 continues. Then they came near and and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah. It's interesting that they they described him in this derogatory way instead of the guy who's about to be our boss because that's what they were really worried about. Daniel pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed. And set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Now he he sees what he's done. Because Darius liked Daniel. He, He respected Daniel. And then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Now, O king, know, O king, that it is a law of the Peds and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. And then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. 
the king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. That is a testimony of Daniel's faithfulness and his commitment. This pagan king, he places his hope not in his own gods or idols, but in Daniel's God. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and sleep fled from him. Then at daybreak, or at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the lion's den. As he came near to, to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. And then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Radical devotion shows off God's power. It always does. No matter what the outcome, the only way out of this ordeal for Daniel was only always going to be his God. He simply trusted he walked into the situation, and I'm not going to say that he didn't have fear, that he didn't have some anxiety happening. The text doesn't say it, but he was a human being. If I'm going to be tossed into a lion's den, there's going to be some weirdness going on in me. There's going to be some, some, some situations maybe that take place. I don't know. But there's going to be an issue. But he trusted anyways. Paul gives us a similar pattern in Philippians chapter 4. Where he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That no matter what we face, no matter what Daniel faced, he knew that his God was his light and his salvation. He had no one else to fear. He knew for a fact that his God was going to come through one way or another. And we have that same hope. Daniel's example and Philippians chapter 4, they bring us courage and they bring us peace. Daniel had the kind of faith that did not shrink back. He served a powerful God. First Chronicles 29 verse 11 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as the head above it all. So as we step back to our verses there for just a moment, verses 12 through 13, the critics, they, they run off to King Darius with the news of Daniel's defiance. In verses 14 through 18, we see that, that Darius is, is upset and he's torn. He doesn't want to follow through on this decree, but the schemers hold him to it. Now, the lion's den was this big hole in the ground with movable walls. And the, these, these walls would be, they would be pulled up and then the lions would come in from a different compartment. These lions were not fed very often. They were very hungry. Darius even prayed that, that Daniel, 
that Daniel's God would deliver him and show off his power. But the tide will turn after God shows up. Verse 24. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the lion's den. They, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. And then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. This God, Darius says, he delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. We've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. In each of these accounts in Daniel 1 and Daniel 3 and in Daniel, Daniel 6, we learn that radical devotion brings honor to God. At the end of it all, whether in life or death, our devotion doesn't bring honor to us. When I am submitted to my faith, it doesn't honor Zach. It brings honor to the one who is worthy of all honor and glory and praise as we just sang about just a few moments ago. You see, Daniel, God could have stopped Daniel from even going into the lion's den. But God brought him through it and out on the other side. And this brings honor to whom honor is due. But sometimes things don't work out like they did for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like I said two weeks ago, sometimes believers are beheaded. Sometimes entire villages are burned. Sometimes entire missionary families are massacred on the mission field for staying committed to their God and His cause. But when we trust that God is good, we can know that His character will only allow those things to happen, which He can then use for good and for His glory, no matter what the outcome. It's easy to say, I don't know what it was like to go through that moment. But radical devotion can show off God's power, even if it ends badly for the believer. And the world will then see the faithfulness that is present in those moments. How many martyrs and missionaries have we heard stories of where their radical devotion ended in them losing their lives? We could read, if you read the, the books that are put out about martyrs, it's, it's unbelievable what price they've paid to take the gospel to the world. We must trust that God's character, we must trust in his character and his ability to see beyond what our eyes can see. Because no matter what, Daniel couldn't see that he was going to come out of the den. Back in chapter 3, no matter what, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they didn't know that they were going to come out of the furnace. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and those three friends of his, they didn't know that standing up against defiling themselves with the king's food was going to end in them keeping their lives. They didn't know that they were going to come through on the other side, but they trusted God anyway. And as always, whether in life, death, success, 
redemption, persecution, whatever it ends up being, we are reminded to be faithful through these historical accounts of God's faithful servants. To sum it all up, this is what it is, that we should expect our devotion to be noticed. If you are truly committed to your faith, you should expect that commitment to be noticed by the world. By your family, your friends, the people who are around you, your co-workers, the people who see your social media feeds. When we are committed radically to our faith, we should expect it to be noticed. And when you stand for truth, it will be noticed. Radical devotion will draw the attention of our critics. So what will you do when they come after you? What will your response be if your name was inserted into Daniel chapter 6? If you could just put yourself in the story, if you could even go into the New Testament and, the, and all of the disciples except one who would give their lives for Jesus Christ, if you could insert your name into their storyline, into their history, what would be written about you and me? Radical devotion provides a target. So are you living your life in such a way that your faith is noticeable? You see, this comes back to spiritual disciplines, and this is always such a challenging conversation, and, and pastors don't talk about it enough because we feel like it should just be the thing that everybody knows we should be doing. Yet we struggle with it the most. It comes back to that busyness and that calendar issue I talked about a moment ago. But Daniel was committed to his faith. He prayed three times a day, as was their custom. So what are our spiritual disciplines like? And are we living in such a way based on our disciplines that we're actually spiritually and mentally prepared for when the critics come? For when the target is set on our back? Are we ready for that? Because radical devotion will take courage. And we will only find the courage that we need to fight and run the race because of those spiritual disciplines. And because of the spirit that is living inside of us, shaping us and changing us. And then are you willing to live in such a way that only God can receive the honor and the glory for it? It makes us question our pride. It makes us question if we're living a life that's, that's rooted in humility. Because so often I want to do good so people will notice that I'm doing good. And my intention is not to honor God first and then he takes care of the rest radical devotion will be noticed is it noticed in you it's a simple message but it's one I think we all should consider an answer to are we radically devoted to our faith I hope you are I hope this series has not just been a trip back memory lane to Sunday school when you were five years old. But I hope it's been a challenge to your faith to press on and have a faith that is devoted. But not just devoted to be devoted, but devoted to bring God honor and to bring Him glory. To immerse yourself in His mission and His cause 
for your life. Because one thing is certain, we have a mission statement. It's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we want to build relationships with people. We want to share the story of the gospel. And we want to bring others to come and see. But one thing is certain, that that will not happen if we are not a people who are radically devoted to the God who changes lives. It's His work. It's our witness. So will we get in line? I hope you will. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to gather together this morning. We're thankful for this challenge that we read about in, in this first part of Daniel, these first six chapters, these, and the challenge that you've given to us, that you preserved these stories for us so that we can read about them and, and continue to be challenged by this radical devotion of these four men. And no matter what they faced, what we see they stayed committed to their faith. And they trusted you no matter what. So God, I pray that we would be found as people who are faithful and committed to you as well. Lord, it truly is your work. So help us to be faithful in it, and you will receive all the honor and glory for it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.